This week on The Clappers, thoroughly modern, amazing and marvellous Mrs. Maisel. We're talking The Hunting and Share, two dramas about sexting, texting and all that hexting that goes on. We also talk about the old, venerable and ancient sport of mini-golf. And we talk about The Keeper. It's a keeper. Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. Carl, is there something that you're not very good at? that you Many things. Yeah, I mean, everybody is, is like this. But it's the type of thing that you feel you ought to be good at. And that <laughs> Many you, things. And, and that you wish that, that, that by now you would... You were more adept at this particular activity. Yeah. I have one, and it's a little embarrassing, okay? And I'm sure your many ones that you'll choose one from and then tell us about are also a little embarrassing. But I would have thought by now I would be able to take a walnut (laughs) and crack it without sending shards of hard and sharp shell in every direction and a hand full of powder and some little bits and remnants so, of bits so of walnut. When you talk about this cracking, yeah. right? Is, is there a nutcracker involved or yeah, are you just doing it in your no, bare no, hand? No, well, no. Well, I started doing them in my bare hands thinking that was an efficient way. But I started cutting my hands up. And I've got some cuts on my hands now from walnuts, even using a nutcracker. Right, right. So you really throw your whole body into this. I Try to do it in a really. I've tried to be. I'm very economical in my movements in every other aspect of my life. So I try to be economical in this fashion, and I'm just terrible at. It. Every now and again, one will open beautifully, and you'll have these two hemispheres of 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 beautiful brainy walnut, and you'll go, "Yes, from now on, this is how it'll be." But no, worth just footnoting there yep. that when a walnut is fresh, yeah, it's really really nice. It's mm-hmm. it, and it's so much better than. When you get them pre-shelled mm. and, they're, oh, and they're yeah. sitting in the on the supermarket shelves no, for God knows no, how long, no. they get this kind of slightly mm. uh, acrid it's, kind it is, of. It is acrid is exactly the word yeah. I was I was thinking. Um, is it ammoniac or no acrid? These ones are okay. They're from the same valley that I get them from in past years. When you can go to the sh- the guy the hidden people valley. No, I'm not going to say the secret name of the valley. valley. It's a secret valley that everybody knows about. <laughs> Yarra Valley. So these are these are fresh, of course, and and they're in their shells and as as they should be. But I'm just crap at it, and I'm really annoyed because of all the great achievements of my life, yep. I would like to be able to list cracking a walnut, crack a walnut, and, be, and being a a crack walnut cracker. Yeah, that's what you'd like to be. So I'm I'm not. And, and it's just been on my mind. There's a couple of things been on my mind this week. One of them is Alexander Pushkin. The other, these nuts, man. Oh, they're so nice, though, when you get them. They're really nice. They're good. They're good. Have them with so some pears, some cheese, some wine. Chestnuts? Yeah, chestnuts. Yeah. yeah. Do you like chestnuts? No. No? Mm. Okay, well, that's just as well. Because yeah. I've got to tell you, if you're having trouble with walnuts, yeah. chestnuts would totally do you in. Okay. They, they are a nightmare. So with chestnuts, you you know, you know heat them. You you, uh-huh. uh, you either roast them or you do them in a pan. Or I mm-hmm. think it, I remember the first time I ever encountered them was when I was living in London. It was on the – they'd have little sort of skillets set up and they'd do them. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. and then they'd s- s- serve you them to them. you in a little paper bag and you'd walk – you know, eat them as you're walking down the street. I, I, I honestly can't remember – uh, whether they were pre-shelled or not mm. in that situation, because mm. what what I know now is that any time we get them at home, and my you know my wife and kids are quite fond of the old chestnuts, and in theory, I'm quite fond of them, 
But then in practice, it's like you get little shards of mm. shell stuck mm. under your nails, and it's no good. And, and you can never quite expose the brain because yeah. there's, there's like there's an outer shell, yeah, and then of course, there's an inner, inner shell. kind of cl- yeah. like ti- almost like a well, like broad beans. They require a lot of finagling to get mm. to the good stuff. What's the thing that you're ashamed of that you wish you could do better? Well, I've been waiting for an opportunity yep. to share I know the thing that I'm most ashamed of. That you can't do, that you should be able to do by now. <laughs> I'll come back to you. Okay, good. We're going to hear about this later on. This is a good reason to stay listening to the Clappers. We're going to hear what it is that Carl should be able to do at his advanced age Perhaps that he I can't should, do very well. I should just work through the top ten list, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we, that could be, we could be here a long time. The Satisfaction. We got a girl comic coming up. Don't get too excited, fellas. She keeps her clothes on. I want to be big. The biggest thing out there. Tits up. Tits up. There's a TV series that I enjoyed, and I may have spoken about with you on this podcast. I can't remember if you, I can't remember if you spoke about it yeah. with me or I spoke about it with you. But I've seen season one. I of, would have I would have got on this way before oh, you. Probably there, there is no way you would have introduced <laughs> me to this. None whatsoever. It's called the Amazing Mrs. Maisel. It's not called the Amazing Mrs. Maisel. It's, it's called, called the Marvelous, the fabulous <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. It's the marvelous, thoroughly Mrs. modern Mrs. Maisel. That's what it's called. <laughs> That's not that important. I mean, maybe it is. I Just call know. it Mrs. Maisel. It's the be, second yeah. season, yeah. right? And so I haven't caught up with the second season yet. It's one of those. It, it, it's one of those seasons that builds upon and expands on, and could be said to be in many ways better than the <gasps> first season. Scandalous! Well, I loved the first season. I did too. Uh, there's there's change and there's development within the characters within the relationships. I should say to people who aren't aware, Mrs. Maisel is this fantasy about a New York Jewish housewife who breaks up with her husband and goes on stage and is a great comic and does a lot of humour based on her life as a wife and a mother and also on a woman's place in society. She somehow becomes friends with Lenny Bruce, who is a a marvellous character, and and he does appear in the second season. Too late for me, like about third or fourth episode, because every scene with her and Lenny Bruce is just amazing. And she struggles with with her her identity as a a, a quite well-to-do housewife and somebody who's interested in occupying the lower echelons of beat society by hanging out in jazz clubs and uh, doing doing comedy. So the second season is great and funny and it's all the same cast. Uh, uh, the, one of the differences is the episodes are now no longer solely centred around her, right. either her personal, personal struggles, that is, with whether her husband she get back together or not or her friendships or... or trying to earn a living though it doesn't appear that she needs to earn a living because her she's living with her father and mother her father's a tenured professor there's there's no shortage of funds yeah uh, in one of those massive apartments the father you know. is um tony shalhoub tony shalhoub yeah. yeah uh and oh, yeah. we should say that mrs maisel is played by rachel brosnahan who i think is fantastic she's wonderful yeah. does she keep measuring her ankles in, in this in she, this season now that that's an interesting thing there was a, a lot of uh a, attention to personal grooming in the first season. Yeah. We don't spend a lot of time in the personal grooming department right. and she's no longer on the makeup counter right. uh, at, at 
oh, I can't remember the department store. It doesn't matter. She's now on the phone. She's so been it was, demoted. It was a running, a running yeah. sort of sight gag, I guess you call it, yeah. through season one, where she had the tape measure out and she'd mm. measure her, her ankles, her calves, her thighs, mm-hmm. her hips, her, her waist. And it was all about uh, her sense of obligation as a, as a Jewish housewife that mm-hmm. she was, well, she needed to keep herself looking trim, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting that that's, it's, if that's not there. This it, isn't true. This, this, we, there, it, the, the episodes we've seen have, have often focused on members of her family mm. or other people within the cast, not just on her or on her needs mm. or on her, her ambition. And there's been other, and, and another, another, I suppose, development is she finds herself in an almost like dreamy way, like in, in, she she'll find herself standing up in environments that she hasn't been booked to play in, like at somebody's wedding or at a, a French um, drag club, mm. and doing a. There's one one scene's pretty good too. She she's in a drag club, and the men are in their frocks and and wigs and and dancing, and she's just you know she's just sitting there having a durry, having a martini, and the performance ends, and they take off their wigs, and she's shocked. She's never seen men in dresses with wigs in her <laughs> life. And she gets up and does a whole routine on men and women and, and like, isn't it enough that men have everything already? Now they, they want to be women at the same, you know, it's some very interesting uh, anachronistic ideas and, and speechifying through comedy that she makes that it's clearly directed towards society now and people watching now, not women in the 1950s getting up on stage, telling rude jokes and talking about feminism and um, identity politics. So... That's. I think it's good. I think it it, it, it makes makes the show. I suppose in, intentionally makes the show more than just a period piece, more than just something about all the beautiful clothes of the fifties and and the the husband wife relationships and and um, the way people um, behave at work and at home. It's hilarious still, and I think it's better in so so many ways. I just wish there was more Lenny Bruce. Right. Is there is there plenty of Susie, her manager? Oh yeah. By, oh heaps. By, by well, she, well, she gets fantastic. She gets practically a whole episode to herself as right. well, and it's great. It's great for every every one of these actors. Uh, you, her, the, the actress who plays her mum, escapes me. She gets a, a whole episode, and you just wish you could just watch her because she's brilliant. And yeah. every every one, it's it's like it's like a, a band made up of really good musicians, and everyone in the band you could just sit there and watch the whole gig, watch them play, and love it, and not even notice anybody else is there. Uh, it's it's like this with with the cast, mm. and 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 what a great idea to not just have you know 80% of each episode uh, Rachel Brosnahan uh, award winning Rachel Brosnahan being Maisel which she's great at um, but but following all the different people yeah, in her yeah. life it's it's really good so one, one of the things I really liked about the first season was how mm. she, she at the beginning I mean she's there basically supporting her husband mm-hmm. who's a lousy comic who's a thief <laughs> he's, a, he's thief. a thief he writes down I think Mort Sal he writes down all Mort Sal's jokes and delivers them and she doesn't and know badly does, does it badly, badly and she doesn't realise they're not his jokes but what, what she's what's amazing about those, yeah. those first couple of episodes is, mm. is she's she's uh, sitting there it might even be only in the first episode in fact where she's doing this because I think maybe I can't yeah, remember it when could, that it but could it's be. very early on yeah, they, yeah. The f- they hit the ropes Mm. But she's sitting there taking notes. Yeah. Right. She's got a notebook out and she's yeah. assiduously jotting down when the when the gag landed, when it didn't land, mm. what people responded to, what they didn't respond to. And it's like you go, Wow, that's so analytical and surely that's not what comedy's like. But I guess at some level it is like that. It it's is. absolutely like that. You have to be 
successful stand-ups are probably mm. quite forensic in understanding when a gag works, what the timing is, you know, what what's going to resonate with a particular crowd. If it's not working, how you adjust mm. on the run, you know, it's like. So I found that really fascinating. And then you get that idea of like, so when she gets up on stage and she's really funny, yeah, is it because of this innate kind of quality she's got? Yes, as part mm. of that. But yeah. is it? But is it? Is it also because she's done all that hard work as well? I don't. Th- I don't think so. Because if, if you remember, and I, we're not spoiling anything, the the, the fact that that um, Midge. Maisel, Marjorie, Maisel, and her husband split up as either at the very end of the first episode. I'm pretty sure it all happens. Everything happens in the, in the first, first couple episode. of episodes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So nothing's nothing's lost, or, or from you knowing that. And she tells jokes and on stage is a comic, so no, one, nothing's being spoiled. She, the first time she gets up on stage is, is almost an accident. Mm. It's, it's an accident. And mm. she's got no material plan. She's just... She's barely got any clothes. She's drunk and she takes off her clothes and uh, gets arrested, which is how she meets Lenny Bruce. Uh, <laughs> and as you do. <laughs> where, where else are you going to meet Lenny Bruce? Uh, but it's, it's, it's a great... If you haven't caught the first uh, season, you can still. And the second one is, is, is up there for you to enjoy as well. So where is it? It's on television. You is ask it? me this all the time. It's on television. Well, where is it on television? Uh, is it Prime? Is yeah, Amazon Prime. Prime. So it's Amazon not on Prime. television. It's on a streaming uh, service. Right, okay. yeah. well, you, no, no, no. But no, no, no. You, you make a good point. You, you make a very good point. You yes, missed you do. I'm not taking my hands. I'm not mm. putting my hands into my wallet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Make, so you actually you have to pay for this. Yeah, you're making a good yeah. point. You have to pay to watch this. You have to pay Amazon Prime to yeah. watch this show. And I, I'm not going to tell you that you should. Amazon Prime. You could go down to the, the video <laughs> shop and hire the videos when they come out and watch them that way. In, in 1987, yeah, yeah, yeah. or 19, you know, 94. You can you can do that, but but if you don't want to pay for a dust sub- off the VHS, you may have you, you may have too many subscriptions. But um, it's 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 hilarious. It's great. The clothes are great. Oh, clothes. The it's mainly women's clothes. Like if you have any interest in women's clothes of the 1950s. That's enough for you. You'll just be sitting there open-mouthed through the whole show. It's amazing. Uh, the men are pretty much, they're not very stylish men. They're just men who work bizarrely in fashion, but in women's fashion. So they're not, I mean, they're not badly dressed, but there's nothing to, to make you excited about if you're into men's clothes. Men in general run around telling everyone that only men are funny. Comedy is fueled by disappointment and humiliation. Now, who the hell does that describe more than women? We are back in New York City! I'm surprised you haven't, like, made fun of my clothes today. I feel like you've missed an opportunity. I tell you what, Carl, I made fun of your clothes last time (laughs) and it was excised from the podcast. Listeners, listeners to the podcast just... Previous to this one, we'll hear nothing from me about what Carl was wearing because somebody <laughs> decided that it wasn't funny or jaunty or entertaining and excised it from the podcast while letting a whole lot of other stuff go through. Well, so, not my doing, I have to say. Yep, so that not you, our, Carl. That was our silent partner. Our silent Courtney. partner decided that me making fun of what you're wearing <laughs> week after week after week is just boring. And he could well have a point. He, he could it, well have a point. Yeah. But I am surprised that you haven't mentioned it tonight. I don't see the point in okay. wasting a whole lot of time talking about something that's just going to get cut out anyway. All right. For, yep. For the, for the visually impaired, that yes. is the people who are listening. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I'm wearing a, a roll neck jumper and very, very baggy cords with braces, right? And it's... His jumper is tucked into his cords. As as was the way between the walls. <laughs> and and a 1980s-style diving watch. And some, okay. so some I, very I, modern spectacles I, oh, with a right. quiff uh, and his hair shorn either side. 
It's <laughs> it's just well, I wasn't gonna you Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And some a form film of called, utility boot for, for climbing or kicking a nineteen thirties association football. I'm I'm not sure indeed, what but, indeed. but the this, whole ensemble works very well. This segues nicely to a film called The Keeper. Ah, ah, I didn't expect that. Yeah, no, you didn't. No. You didn't, did you? Well yeah. done. It was going somewhere. Is that why you dress like that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to dress in the theme. So if, if, if the Cajo Fall gets remade again, um, what will you be wearing? <laughs> this is a sci-fi film we're talking about next week. I am wearing a space helmet. Oh, I'm good, coming good, in good, here good. with a space helmet. No, uh, The Keeper is based on the story of a guy called Bert Troutman. Who is was, it a keeper? Well, you know. Uh, his wife liked him okay. for a while. She, she thought he was a keeper. For no, he a while. was a goalkeeper. Yes. Oh. I'm not actually giving any, away anything about the film there. It's a okay. true story. Yeah. With a caveat. Okay. Bert Troutman. With a cravat. With a caveat. Huh. Not a cravat. Uh, or, no, no cravats. No cravats. No. Sure no cravats tie. were harmed in the making. But quite a few roll neck jumpers. Oh, good. And good. Uh, so he was a German prisoner of war. Yep. In, uh, in the UK mm-hmm. after the war. Uh, he's in a prison post-war and he certainly in 1946 he was still in still in jail uh, or in prison I should say in the in the camp and he was um, spotted playing soccer and uh, a local club manager saw him and went actually he's the goalkeeper we've been looking for put him in goal and he was great Mm -hmm. and then he was eventually scouted by Manchester City to play in the first division, as it was back in those days. And uh, famously, he played in uh, an FA Cup final for Man City and had his neck broken while diving at the feet of a, an, an opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, knee collided with his head, snapped or broke a couple of vertebrae, and um, he continued to play. He played out the rest of the game, the remaining 15 or 20 minutes of the game, with a broken neck. And when they won... Spoiler alert! Uh, it's 1956, I think. Um, when, as he was going up to collect the, his medal, he, he practically collapsed. You know, he's just like a, a jelly a mess mm, by the mm. end of it. Um, it's a remarkable story. What happens then? That's pretty much the end of the film. But what happens to him with his neck? Oh, he, he, he actually, it's not quite the end of the film. He he uh, he's out of action for probably six months or so. He comes back and gets better. Yeah, his, his broken neck gets better. Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. know that would happen. Yeah, uh, he so I guess on. all the nerves and the cords were okay. It was just was, the bones. Yeah, you think. yeah it was. Uh, I don't know the precise details, but, but from if I remember it correctly, one of the vertebrae was broken, maybe two, and uh, was there was a sort of like one was out of place, but it was wedged between two others, mm-hmm. which prevented the uh-huh. the um, the spinal column from moving too much. And had that not been the case, Ooh. that there was, uh, you know, d- doctors later assessed that there would have been a real risk of him basically dying mm. um, had he been jarred again. Oh. So it was like very yeah. kind of tenuous escape, really, through This sounds like the most interesting part of the film to me. Uh, well, it's Do kind of... spend a lot of time there? It's the thing that... Well, yeah, because there's a lot of recreated football in this. And it's, it's beautiful because... They're wearing these thick, heavy cotton uh, jerseys, and they're mm. wearing their long shorts, and they're wearing these what are effectively work boots with spikes on them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much dressed like I am right now. Dressed, you're describing yourself. 
And in fact, when he's in goal, he's wearing a Rolex sweater half of course. the time. Well, you're standing around. Standing it's it's around very cold. cold. The fields are muddy. The balls are those very, very heavy leather balls, uh, which is when I first started playing soccer, you know, in, in the 1820s. Mm. Um, that's brown, we, that brown. They were like... They were yeah, brown. They were brown. And when they mm. got wet, they were practically like, like medicine balls. They yeah. became so heavy. And, you know, if you headed one of those things, you'd almost certainly get, you know, mild concussion, no <laughs> weight a tonne. So it, the the sort of detail, the recreation of that and the kind of – when he starts off playing at the sort of amateur local league and they're playing in these tiny little parks that have got a little stand and then mm. they're kind of like surrounded by cow paddocks. It's just beautiful, the sort of the, – the detail of it. I just found it – I just really, really liked the, those kind of aspects of the film. I can see you liked it so much that you've, I'm, you've I'm allowed it to take over your life. However, there's this slightly uncomfortable aspect to it, which uh-huh. is the fact that Bert Troutman, who was eventually uh, adored and esteemed by the City fans, and Man City has a, a strong Jewish supporter base, mm-hmm. uh, at first they did not welcome mm-hmm. the fact that the, the club had had, had uh, hired this, uh, you know, this... Um, you know, German, as they called him, a former Nazi. Mm-hmm. And the you kind of, you wrestle with the sense of are they being uh, unfair in their in their sort of uh, characterisation of him as a, as a former Nazi? And the film kind of leads you to believe that, yes, they are being unfair. He, yeah. he talks about his war experience, you know, he did things he's not proud of, but there was no choice. He was, you know, he was a soldier, he was conscripted, he was following orders, the old, I was mm-hmm. following orders mm-hmm. line. And there's a degree to which you go, well, you know, how much choice does anybody have in those circumstances? Not a lot, okay? And he's painted in the film as a reluctant soldier and one who, uh, uh, if he didn't begin with a conscience, he certainly develops a conscience through through his war experience. In reality, mm. the real Bert Troutman mm. was a member of the Hitler Youth. He yep. he was a, he volunteered. Uh, he won an Iron Cross. He he did three um, three separate tours. He was. He was a very enthusiastic, an enthusiastic soldier. soldier. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and perhaps an enthusiastic Nazi as well. Well, when this things is, were going well. This is where it gets really interesting because uh, you know, reading about this, so sort of delving into that like he was a member of the Hitler youth from, you know, the age of 10 whatever. In I, I can't remember the exact numbers now, but in 1933 uh, before Hitler came to power. He did come to power in 1933. Yes, yes, but, but before, before he, came he did to power, in 1933, yeah. there was something like uh, 23,000 members of the Hitler Youth and then subsequent to to um, the you know the National Socialists taking power within by the end of the year there were millions. Well, they right? banned, and it's because they, they banned, banned all these all associations. The That's right. So they, the only they, way kids uh, could have access to sporting facilities mm. and all the rest of it was to become members of I the I think Italy. it was pretty much compulsory for, yeah. for the there was a, a, a female version as well and I, I can't remember what it was called but it was pretty much compulsory for uh, you know the the Aryan German children yeah. to belong to either of those things. So yeah, yeah. being a member of the Hitler Youth doesn't necessarily make you uh, an enthusiastic Nazi yeah. and hater of, of... Volunteering to join the army at 17 and doing three tours and, you know, winning an Iron Cross. However, m- probably all start to paint a slightly it more enthusiastic it's, it's a diff- picture. It does, it does yeah. give you but a different it, picture, for so sure. But it's a movie about yeah. something and it's uh, got its own agenda of redemption. And, and it's directed by a German. Yeah, and which may or may not. Uh, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean no, that it's it's no. a whitewash, but or a Weisswaschen, as mm. you might say. But uh, it possibly does suggest that there's a there's an an empathy for the complexity of that situation mm-hmm. that um, might not 
you know, pertain had mm. it been directed by, say, an English director. Or, or maybe a Jewish would, director. Or a Jewish director, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting, interesting little artefact. And So tell me about his marriage. He, it, it doesn't last. Nah, well, it does in the film. Yeah. But in reality. In reality. No. How no. long did it last in reality? Uh, quite a while. Mm. Quite what, a while. What was the reason? Oh, I don't know. Didn't you look that up? No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> there are up. limits of there are limits of what one can find out through the University of Wikipedia. I was going to say, and and say, you know, yeah. uh, Doctor Google, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you didn't ring up his. his I widow. didn't ring up his widow. No. no, no, who I think is probably no longer with us. Children? They've got children. I uh, don't know. Don't know. No. Not an enthusiastic so, procreator. So then, I'm, I'm getting like I'm I'm really not going to get an A here, am I? In my report, I'm going to get maybe a C minus. I just maybe? think that it's such a shame you started. So well, <laughs> and you offered us many questions, but but in the end, few answers. <laughs> You're a very harsh marker, Doctor Young. You really are. Anyway, it's inter- it's an interesting film. It's a it's a yeah, it's a somewhat unsatisfying uh, portrait, but still really quite quite fascinating. I okay. think, yeah. Fascinating, but unsatisfying. No, uh, unsatisfying is too harsh. I okay. think. I think. If you if you just accept the the story as told by the film, you yep. go, okay, that's a really compelling if you have story. No questions. You don't have an inquiring mind. You sit there and you accept what you're given. You will enjoy yourself. You also feel very, like that's a very compelling story, especially the soccer bits. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but if you if you go, oh, just have a little bit of a read about Bert Old Bernhard Trautmann mm-hmm. and see what mm-hmm. the reality was, and you start to see that it was probably. A little murkier than the film allows. Of course, of course. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's often the thing with these historical dramas is like once you start to sort of scratch the surface, you realize, well, you know, the elisions they've made in order to, you know, crack along with the story yeah. or all the rest of it, or to simply make it tellable yeah. in two hours or whatever yeah. it might be, sometimes are significant. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes mm. they're insignificant. They're about yeah. matters of compression and you can yeah. characters and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes they're actually leaving out stuff that's really quite material. Mm. This is not about football. He's a bloody Nazi. He raised his arm like the others and shouted Heil Hitler. Maybe you'd have raised yours if it stopped the team getting relegated. Andrew, have you come across The Hunting on SBS? I've seen ads for it. So it's a four-part drama series. Yep. Uh, Have you watched all the four parts? Yep. yep. Okay, good. Set in, um, set in two high schools in Adelaide. And Can you start at part four? Pardon? I'd like to know from the end. You'd like to know start, from the end. Okay. Or the other way around. And, and they all lived happily ever after. I'm glad about that because I tell you what, <laughs> it didn't look to me like all... We're going to live happily ever after from the advertisements. Yeah, I, I think it's I've fair got a pretty keen eye <laughs> for this type of thing. I think it's fair to say that they all carry some scars with them ever okay. after. All right. So okay. it, it's it's a drama set in two high schools. Yep. Basically, uh, in a nutshell, it's about a sexting scandal, or yep. it's about two sexting scandals that play out parallel. And there's one kid who is kind of the nexus where these mm-hmm. two stories intersect. And uh, he's a sort of a spoilt rich kid. He's the, the son of... QC. Uh, lawyer. Um, there's a lot of sons of QCs going about. Richard Roxburgh plays the father. Asher Ketty plays the mother. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it, it's it's in part the parents' story, how they yeah, deal with it. Of course. It's the kids' story, how mm-hmm. they experience it. It's the ripples in terms of how it impacts on other friendships. And prim- essentially, or at core, it's the story of the two girls and how they're mm-hmm. affected by it. I think it's really, really good because it's it, it doesn't sort of go... Oh, kids taking selfies. What are they thinking? Stop it! You know, mm, uh, mm. you know. Don't take new new pics of yourself. That's no wonder you're getting getting in yep. these situations. Yep. It doesn't take that kind of moralistic tone. It's uh, it's sort of the the filmmakers Sophie Hyde, who made Fifty Two Tuesdays, is uh, the co creator of this, and um, and she's got a film that's at Myth called Animals, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, which I just just watched today is also terrific interesting film exploration of young women yep. and, and coming into that sort of like uh, are we going to keep am I going to keep being a party animal am I going to try and be something else and the trade-offs mm. involved in mm. whichever choice you make and she grapples with really interesting stuff and this is a very very interesting thing Anna Kokonos directs the first three episodes okay. Sophie Hyde directs the, f- the final one it's really very very open to the idea that kids grow up with technology, they experience the world through technology, why would they not also explore their sexuality through technology? Mm-hmm. So assuming that's the case, yeah. they're going to do it, yeah. right? And, and they're going to find ways of engaging with each other, cyber sex, sexting, whatever. Yeah. Really the key question becomes one of consent. And trust. And, and trust and, and the breach thereof. Mm. And I just, I just think it's really, really uh, an excellent engagement with the topic it's Mm. pretty i mean you know directing a cast of young actors is always i think tricky but for the most part i think they're really um really terrific they all uh, uh, they did a couple of different cuts of of the ads and they all everybody looked great it Mm. looked really well made it looked like a great program and i wonder do they keep it in this tight almost play-like the confines of the two families, and the, or does it kind of move out into the school? Oh, it's definitely and in the in, school and into the press and uh, into the talkback radio. It's more in the you know it's a little bit in the press, mm-hmm. more in social media, yeah, uh, uh, chat rooms, um, uh, and and a, a sort of like a pornographic site where mm-hmm. um, I mean the title comes from the idea of these schoolboys who are going out there hunting for images of. The girls around them that, that they can they then know. share yeah, yeah, yeah. on this on this platform. Something's happened. There's a website. It has students on it, and they're naked. They want photos of girls that they know. We put stuff up at school. People wonder where it came from. Tell me, what did you do? What did you do? I'm his mother, and I know something's not right. Who did that to me? Is there anything else on this thing that we need to be worried about? All I did was send it to one person. It was meant just for you. The photo. Take it down. What kind of man do you want our son to become? The Hunting starts Thursday the 1st of August on SBS and On Demand. The story has has its genesis in uh, real life situations. Of course, yeah. I'm not entirely sure if it was the uh, it was a Melbourne story a couple of years ago okay. around a uh, Bayside uh, private school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it directly draws from that case mm-hmm. or if there are others. There may have been something in Adelaide that I'm not aware of. But there are. I mean, that's right. It's, it's not. It's, it's not it's a unique a, it's case. Everywhere, it was a know. pretty high profile one, but yeah. it's not a unique case. But there's certainly the website and the sharing of the images in that way. Um, was part of that story. So it's look. It's really. I think it's really rich territory. I think mm. it's something I'd like to 
get my kids to watch, although I don't think I particularly want to watch it with them. Yeah, it's it's it definitely looked like one of those worthy dramas that people would immediately be start talking about. Well, they should show this in schools. And yeah, it's no something no parent should miss, and you know, um, it's a it's that, a that makes it sound that makes it sound like. It's not engaging or entertaining, and I yeah. would say and, and that's I, unfair. Yeah, it. I wasn't. I wasn't suggesting that it wasn't engaging or entertaining. Mm. Um, it and but it is definitely worthy. And, and perhaps, parents should watch and, it. And perhaps <laughs> it, it it doesn't lecture the audience. Perhaps it keeps things in a in a place where there there's there's there is a possibility for the viewer to find sympathy from different points of view, rather than there being this one didactic view that. You must or you mustn't do this. I remember reading an article. I don't want to say it was by because I could be wrong about the fact that if you want to take photographs of yourself naked and you want to share them with a person that you care about, then that shouldn't make you an object of um, judgment or, or de- is this an, well, ad- it, we're talking about adults, of course, not well, talking about, it sh- about also kids. shouldn't, yeah. and for a brief period yeah. it did. Yeah. It made you guilty of disseminating uh, pornography. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Post post that the that to then to be it's it's a bit like victim blaming to then to be told that well what would you expect? Of course they would say you're only asking for trouble when you. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a bit like saying well I, I told all these intimate things about my life to the person that I was going out with, and then we broke up, and then they they blurted out to him well what would you expect well no people trust each yeah, other people right. share things with each other and that's a great that's a great thing uh, that people do and y- a person shouldn't be blamed for doing that and th- so there is a sense of, of you that that old thing of well you only brought it on yourself yeah. what you're wearing yeah. you know and it if it avoids that then that makes it something that would be absolutely avoids that would be a very valuable thing for yeah. people, parents, and teenagers to see. And if the topic is of interest, there is oddly, perhaps mm. not oddly, maybe this is a zeitgeisty thing. It probably is, in mm. fact, a zeitgeisty thing. There's a film called Share, which uh, is at Myth, um, yeah. or by the time we go to air, it will have mm. been and gone, I suspect. But um, it's also on Foxtel, so uh-huh. you can okay. see it. Share, share, yeah. share. Yes, S H A R E, not C H E R. Because there probably is a thing on Foxtel <laughs> called Share. C H E R. Anyway, this this is uh, a s- kind of a sim- similar terrain, mm-hmm. but a very different handling of the okay. story about about a you know, high school girl American uh, mm-hmm. project. This one high school girl wakes up passed out. She's passed out, and mm-hmm. then she wakes up on her front lawn. Uh, she's been drunk, and she doesn't know how she got there. She's not. You know, not really yep. doesn't have any recollection of the night. Mm-hmm. Slowly, it emerges that there's um, this video of her um, that's a bit compromising, mm-hmm. and uh, and she tries to get to the bottom of what happened, um, and who was responsible, and who who basically started sharing this this video, yeah. why they took it, uh, and it's it goes goes to some very interesting places. Mm. I've got to say, um, in, it's more really about. The focus is more on the cost of uh, of pursuing some kind of justice in, yeah. that, in that scenario, and it's a very you know it's a complex topic. Mm. So mm. There's no no easy answers no, in that sort no. of stuff. I think. Anyway, yeah. two thematically linked things that you can you can catch on uh, your various platforms. Platforms. Well worth a look. I wonder what you think is the best value, Carl, 
being outside, mm-hmm. not not a beautiful sunny day, a cold wintry day, but outside nonetheless, two, 18, two rounds, 18 holes each, mini golf, two adults, one child, or being inside on a cold wintry day at the bowling alley, two games, shoes included, two adults, one child, which would be the better value for you, do you think? Uh, which uh, would you presume to be the better value? Uh, when you say the better value, are you mm. saying which do I think would be more expensive? No, not necessarily. Because the necessarily, value is yeah. surely, you know, relevant to the amount of pleasure you get from it. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Because I like both of those activities. Yeah, I, I do, like I do either. I would do either. I, I reckon uh, at this stage of my life I'd probably go for the bowling rather okay. than the... Are uh, you feeling spry, are you? <laughs> rather than the mini golf. <laughs> Carl is striking an athletic pose as you listen. <laughs> uh, so, so yes, the, the cost the cost between both of those activities are quite different. <laughs> and when presented with choice, the smallest member of my household, the, the youngest member of my household, did indeed choose the most expensive one, well which done, I her. fear is a harbinger. For the rest of my life. Well played, that daughter. I say. Uh, so mini golf at Fairfield, which is not as far away as bowling in Greensboro. Right. So there's a there's a bonus there. Okay, so uh, all right, you've got to factor in the uh, saving time, in transport costs. Save transport costs. Yeah, yeah. Time spent in the car. Yeah. Uh, Seventy bucks. Seventy bucks, which is is for me. Not an easy amount of money to part with for a fleeting pleasure, but it actually was great. And uh, we're still talking about mini golf no, or something talk, else now. About mini golf, very funny, very funny. The only thing you have to be concerned about, and if I mean, if you're like me, you see that mini golf or golf, but mini golf also, there are rules and there are very important rules that need to be observed, right? <laughs> Now, are you, talk, are you going to tell me that your daughter transgressed and no, she's being punished? No, 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 as we no, speak? no. Our our party followed some of the basic rules, oh. of, and the, um, some of them, especially you know about the rules of golf. We spoke about this. There are certain rules of etiquette, yeah. right? Yeah. So, if there's somebody ahead of you yeah. at the next hole, you wait till they're finished. Yeah. You don't go up and stand next to them really close yeah. and peer at them. Yeah. Mm. You don't start playing your ball on no. the next hole. You wait till everybody has left, okay? Mm. That's just good manners, all mm. right? Um, another rule is you don't um, turn up with three or four of your um, matching tracksuit-wearing mates really drunk and start swearing and screaming and threatening each other. That's, an, that's another thing that I think is, is in terms of good manners, but also rules. I don't think that that's, that's you part, part you of the system. You weren't on the Royal Melbourne mini golf course, were you? No, no, no. no, no. Like I say, this one was in Fairfield. Mm. Uh, so so I, think, I think it is important. And another thing that's really, really <laughs> important, and I think you're going to teach your children uh, the right kind of values in doing this, okay? You don't spot them. You don't give them a handicap. You make them hit their ball from the same place everyone else hits their ball <laughs> and you count their strokes just like you count everybody else's strokes, okay? That gives them something to strive and aim for and gives them a chance to see how the game is played. You don't, like, give them three queens when, they, when they're learning chess, right? They have the same queen that you have, right? The, the party behind me... You've got to be cruel to be kind. Had, ...had two adults and three children in it and they were nipping at our heels because they were allowing the children to put their ball one club's length away from each hole. 
Right. So all the different interesting and various obstacles and diverse arrangements of rocks and things that make mini golf the exciting <laughs> sport that it is, they're avoiding all oh. the chicanes, the tunnels, the traps. They're just taking their ball right up to the hole, separating it by, well, their clubs are smaller, so it would be about a metre away and knocking it in. Well, I, I feel and sorry then, for their kids. Their kids would have gone, gone away going, well, that wasn't 70 bucks worth. No, the kids, well, morph, because three kids, two adults. Okay, so I'm going to let the listener do the maths <laughs> there. Um, so I, I, found that, I found that very annoying, very annoying. And I have to say, and this might... Honestly, this might make me sound a little bit like curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. No, I don't uh, think so. Make me sound a little cranky, but I don't want somebody breathing down my neck, even though he's probably only nine years old. So physically so, can't. So, so breathe you were down actually on all fours no, as he was breathing no, down. I'm your there neck. lining up my shot, and there's this kid. He's practically standing on my feet, staring at me. Like, man, back to your hole. This, this. <laughs> My hole, this hole, my hole, par three, my hole, until these balls, are, you just stay there. And, and I just thought, well, you're right. These kids aren't being brought up properly at all, frankly. And, you know, and, and it, it, you can't bring up other people's children for them. You really can't. You know that I will say a thing or two where necessary. But I just didn't, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I didn't want to be mean to him or anything. But, you know, man, just... Back off, will you give me some space? You could have had yeah. words with his father. Yeah, I, I generally when I have words with another man, it's mm. it's it's in an area where where no children mm. or or because of the potential know, for bloodshed, potential yeah. for for that that man to, to 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 be prone on the ground. <laughs> With his hands around his nose, you know. This I have to say to this this does I'm not a violent man. This I don't get into fights. This never happens. Not for 30, 40 years. Never happens. Anyway, I can recommend this as an activity, especially when you add up your scores, the correct scores, not yeah. the fake scores, yeah, the yeah, other family, yeah, yeah. the right scores, and you find that thrice you have hit the day's lucky number. Chuppa chups, chuppa chups. Chopper chops. Wow. Yeah, it kind of makes it makes that a little makes the bitter pill of people not observing the correct rules and etiquette a little easier to what swallow. What does a chop cost these days? I don't know. A dollar? I've, I haven't bought a chopper. So chop. really, you, I that was a, a sixty-seven dollar uh, round of <laughs> mini golf. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> so I can't. I well, don't know. Probably have to factor in the fillings down you the have, track. You, so you, uh, you, 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 you do. Know, you do. You do. So Switch if if you if you have more spare cash than me, then I'd recommend you go down and, and play yourself some mini golf. That's it for the clappers. You can like us on Facebook and look at all the interesting stuff that gets put up there. You can rate us. You can review us. There are many platforms now that you can find the clappers on. Some of them I don't even understand. 